Chapter Thirteen of Eddie of Jackson's Gang. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Thirteen, A New Life. It did not take our little friend long to get acquainted with his new mother, Margaret Kenny. Jack and Margaret both made it their business to see that he was cared for and happy. Miss Kenny had a fine big car, which she enjoyed driving as a relaxation from her work. She at once became very fond of Eddie and made it a practice to take the handsome little chap along with her when she went on one of these pleasure spins. He was wonderful company for her, and this was just what she had been wanting. A few days after Eddie's arrival, a letter came from Father Ryan telling Jack where to go to sign the adoption papers and asking him, if possible, to visit Mother Rose at the orphanage. The same mail, in fact, brought him also a letter from her thanking him for his care of the boy and asking him to come to see her at Mount St. Joseph. Mother Rose had such a big heart that it was able to contain each and every one of her little charges. She made it her business, though the daily care of the boys did not fall to her, to know every individual boy at the Mount, his history, character, and special needs. She was truly a mother. As soon as Jack read the sister's note, he took the necessary steps to make sure that the boy would not be taken from him, unless, indeed, his own mother or father were still living and should happen to find him. Jackson, of course, had established a legal claim on Eddie, but there was no danger on that score now. Jackson's claim was annulled by the court, which granted Jack's adoption request, and Eddie would be known henceforth as Edward Kinney. Margaret devoted more and more of her time to the instruction of the boy. She secured a good vocal teacher for him, supervised his practicing, and taught him many new songs, so that Eddie, in his own way, might be an entertainer equal to herself, whose reputation was already well established. Not many months after Eddie's arrival, Margaret began her second tour and took her little songster with her. Wherever they went, they attracted large crowds. And why not? It was not a common thing to have a boy soprano on the concert stage. Do you think Mama is among these ladies? Eddie said after his first appearance in a large theater. Margaret had already observed that Eddie never lost the hope of finding his own mother somewhere. It showed that, though only a child, he had the strong nature which does not forget easily. It is hard to say just yet, my dear, but if she is here, she'll surely come to see us as soon as this performance is over. But, she added after a pause, you said you thought you came from over the ocean. It seems so in my memory, but I don't know for sure. And anyway, don't you think she might come over to look for me, if she couldn't find me over there? She may be dead, but I can't believe it. I've always expected to find her some day. Now, please don't worry about it, dear, said Margaret gently. It will only make you unhappy, and I want you to be cheerful and satisfied. If we can ever find her for you, my dear boy, be sure we will. Oh, I know you will, Margaret. I know you will. You and Jack have been very good to me. Eddie thought no more about his mother for the time being. Day after day, the little singer entertained his listeners. Margaret was indeed proud of the boy and wrote to Jack from various places in their schedule, telling him what a wonderful trip they were having. Then one day this letter came to Jack. Dear brother, ever since we left home, Eddie has delighted everyone who came to listen to him. He is a regular drawing card, and such a wonderful companion for me. 
I have been thinking that he and I should go to Europe together. I have heard quite a few boys sopranos in my time, but none like our Eddie. I am sure he will be a sensation over there. You know, my dear brother, that the boy's voice will be changing after a year or two, and before it does, I think it best that we should take this trip. It ought to be a pleasant one. We shall be amply repaid, not only financially, for I am sure of that, but also in other ways. It will do me a world of good, after this tour is over, to make the restful sea voyage. As for Eddie, it will be to his advantage, if he is to become a professional singer, as we hope. It will also be a wonderfully educational trip. Think this over. I expect to be back in Bryan about the 1st of February. We are enjoying ourselves immensely. Eddie's tutor says that the boy has a brilliant mind, and that he will soon be beyond his years in studies. I am very happy about that. Eddie wishes to be remembered to you. Lovingly your sister, Margaret. A good idea, thought Jack as he read the letter. Margaret needs a trip like that. She is the only relative I have in the world now, and as she has taken such a liking to the boy, he'll be great company for her. February 1st found Margaret and Eddie back in their cozy little home. Jack had seen to it that everything was prepared for them. Many of their best friends were gathered there to welcome them, and Eddie was the center of attraction. Oh, Jack, I saw so many people. Eddie was excitedly describing his many adventures to his foster father. They all like to hear Margaret play. She gets lots of flowers, beautiful flowers, even better than the ones we had at Mount St. Joseph. You ought to see them. Now, Eddie, you know the people like to hear your singing as much as they did my playing, smiled Margaret, and when she and her brother were alone, she praised Eddie at greater length. He's a real wonder, she said. I could sit and listen to him for hours. There is something extremely attractive about his voice that I never noticed in any other I have ever heard. Jack was indeed proud of Eddie, but besides that, the boy seemed to fill the void in the engineer's heart. He had hoped and prayed that God would give him a son, but his prayer had not been answered. God had preferred instead to take his young wife away from him before they had the consolation of children. Jack often thought now that his wife must be smiling down from heaven upon her husband and this little boy he had taken as his son, and Jack felt too that Eddie deserved that smile in a special way. He was a thoroughly fine lad with a strong character and a beautiful, unsullied soul. The soul is something that is too often overlooked. Yet it was far more important than Eddie's sweet voice. It was the only thing he would have to account for when it came time for him to die. God would not ask him what sort of voice he had, but he would ask him what sort of soul he had. Jack realized all this clearly. He saw to it that Eddie's naturally fine spiritual impulses were developed. Eddie frequently went with him to confession and Holy Communion, and also often went to weekday Mass and Communion with Margaret. I'll miss you two very much, Jack told Margaret as they discussed her plan. Still, I think it will be well for you to go to Paris, as you wish. You have been wanting to go for a couple of years, I know, and now you have someone for your companion. I'd like to go along myself, but I have to attend to my work. I must save up enough money so that Eddie can continue his education. I want him to go much further than my parents are able to send me. So it came about that within a few weeks' time, Margaret and Eddie were ready to sail for France. But before they left, Eddie begged Margaret to take him to Mount St. Joseph to see Mother Rose, the sisters, and the boys. It was a delightful visit. Eddie was now dressed in a fine suit, one much better than that which Mother Rose had been able to buy for him. 
but new clothes did not change his nature. He was the old, direct, affectionate Eddie. Do you remember how you hid from me under the porch the day Jackson came for you? said Mother, laughing. You were a little rug then, weren't you? Yes, Mother, but I think I'd do it again if he came again. Yes, I'd do worse than that. I'd get under and never come out. You surely have had some experiences since then. And some of them I wouldn't want to go through again for anything in the world, Eddie replied. I do not doubt that in the least, said Mother Rose seriously. Both of them were silent for a moment. Then Eddie asked, How did little Benny get on after I left? We had quite a time with him for a while, but he finally quieted down. He has been placed in a splendid Catholic home here in the city. He is well and happy. We are sure of him, for this Jackson case put us on our guard, and we do not give up children now unless we have personally investigated those to whom they are going. Letters of recommendation aren't enough, since we have learned that they can be forged. But if you hadn't let Eddie go, mother, we perhaps would never have known him, said Margaret. That's very true, but there must never be another boy of ours go out as Eddie went. One experience like that is more than enough. Does Benny live far from here? asked Eddie. I would like to go and see him. I'm afraid we won't have time enough today, Eddie, Margaret observed regretfully. You will have to wait until we come back the next time. I am to have a long boat ride, mother, Eddie explained, but it will be great with Margaret. She and Jack have been very good to me. I'll pray for you every day, mother, and for the other sisters who took such good care of me. Eddie had already seen Sister Teresa, and at this moment his old friend, Sister Adelaide, came up the corridor. Mother Rose had sent for her without telling him. Sister Adelaide, he cried happily, and made for the advancing nun. The music teacher warmly greeted her former pupil. Why, Eddie, can this really be you at last? My, I'm glad to see you. Sister, I want you to meet Margaret, said Eddie. She's a great musician, too. A few minutes of happy conversation followed, and then Margaret found it was time to go. I'll pray for you every day, Mother, and for you, too, Sister Adelaide. When I come back, I'll be here to see you again. Indeed, you must. Mother Rose assented with a look of motherly tenderness. I'm glad you're happy, my boy. Miss Kenny, do you think you'll get to see Lourdes while you are in France? I must surely see it, replied Margaret. The Blessed Virgin is my special protector. I owe much of my success to her. I am often ashamed at the thought of having spent years in France and yet not having seen the famous shrine. Then Eddie, Mother Rose turned back to him. I will ask you to bring some of the miraculous water home to me. I can get it here in this country, especially at Notre Dame in Indiana, but it would please me very much to have some that you yourself carried all the way back for me. I have great confidence in Our Lady's protection. I'll surely bring some for you, Mother, promised Eddie. Mother Rose shook their hands in farewell. Miss Kenny, you must call and see me when you return from your trip, and bring Eddie along with you again. I'll always be much interested in the lad, for he was a great source of comfort to me. Thank you, Mother. We will both be back, and do pray for us that we may have a safe journey. End of chapter 13 Recording by Maria Therese